the extra caveat with the the men space too is like get serious while you're also already like suppressing a lot of emotions naturally right like it's like almost like a double-headed prong it's like you ditch the child in you you get serious you're already holding on to a bunch of stuff so it's it doesn't really invite for a um a very open future right mm -hmm. it's like you're serious you're closed you're you're just on this mission to get validated from the things that adulthood has to offer, you know, which some of them are, you know, great financial freedom, you know, all those other things that we, we, we chase. But what we lose in the pursuit is who you are as a, as a person. Welcome back, everyone, to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, a space designed to help redefine what it means to be a man in the modern era. Our hope with this podcast is to support men on their journey towards becoming the best possible version of themselves by providing insight, support, perspective, but most importantly, a safe space to live authentically with a community of conscious kings. Every week, we will take a deep dive into topics such as toxic masculinity, men's mental health, personal relationships, conscious leadership, and powerful guest appearances. Men, we see you, we hear you, and we are standing tall beside you every single day in the arena of misunderstood masculinity. Let's get into today's episode. What's going on? What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. It's your co-host, Coach Kyle, aka CK. What's going on, my people? It's your boy, Anwar Ahmed, a.k.a. A Squared. And today we're having a incredible conversation about the development of masculinity, something uh, that we maybe don't give too much attention to is crossing this bridge into manhood. What does that mean? Crossing the bridge into manhood. But before we do that, you know what time it always is to start the conversation. It's a mood Hey, yo, Coach Kyle. What's going on, my man? Tell the people how you're feeling today, buddy. What's going on? Good morning. Hello, everyone. Well, maybe it's not good morning for everyone, but it's good morning for me. I'll good morning to myself. And how's my mood today? My mood today is... It's a little bit serene, I would say. My mood is oh, serene. this guy's got a dictionary, hey? Oh, my uh, God. It's right, it's right next to me. I'm ready. This guy is um, reading off his dictionary, ready. people. Come on. Come on. Okay, on. Let me Google what that means. It's serene. However, it's also slightly frustrated. I know. Very counterintuitive. Let me explain. It's serene because I have a beautiful coffee here. The sun is shining uh, in the beautiful city of Calgary this morning. I'm looking straight out across the, my city and the mountains are just looking at me, like staring me in the face, like, hello, I am here for you this morning. And I'm like, Life whoa, flies. you guys look wild. I wish I could show everyone who's they, these things are crazy. They're so large. Slight flex, exactly. Um, and at the same time, you and I spoke yesterday about the Manchester United and Liverpool game. And when this comes out, it's going to be way too long after this damn game. But let me tell you something. I woke up and I said, they're going to give them their first loss. Man United, they're going to pull through. They're going to give Liverpool their first loss. And as I sit in this seat right now, it's halftime. It's 4 nothing for Liverpool. <laughs> That's how the boys are doing you? Oh, let's, my guys, let's go. I, so I'm a little... <clears throat> frustrated 
Um, but I am also serene because I also feel quite good this morning. So uh, a little bit of, of, of imbalanced emotions all, all over the place. And both of those are making me quite energetic for this conversation. So that's always good. Mo Salah with some back-to-back <laughs> No, I didn't say pull up the stats, bro. You weren't looking. My, <laughs> my guy. Oh, let's go. Listen. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. That, that makes me feel, and guess what? Four is my favorite number. Just so perfect. That's what I'm talking. Mo Salah, salam alaikum, alaikum salam, my guy, my brother. Listen, for people who don't know, shout out to my boy, Caleb. Shout out Jessica, Scousers, my real Scousers. Um, they uh, really, really good friends of mine. When I was traveling, I hung out with a lot of, you know, UK people when I was in Australia and I gravitated to my boy, Caleb. Uh He's like a brother. He's like a brother to me. And he's a mass. He's a Liverpool guy, Scouser. Massive, massive, massive Liverpool supporter. And so he would always be like, I got to watch the game. I got to watch the game. I got to watch the game. Mm-hmm. And I would always like, you know, be keeping tabs with him. Like what happened? Like what was the score? What was this? And, you know, his mood would obviously, obviously fluctuate. Like he's a freaking addicted gambler. If, if <laughs> Liverpool won or lost, I'd be like, did we win or did we lose? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, through that relationship, I just, you know, gravitated. I'd never had a team before, you know, so I kind of gravitated to support into Liverpool. Um, that traveling trip ended. I came back home still in my heart every time i saw scores live i just kind of gravitated to checking the liverpool making sure and if they did good it was kind of my way of keeping tabs with him i'd message him and be like mm-hmm. oh whatever then they win like in the short period <laughs> they, like they they become the best team in the world and i'm like damn the whole world's gonna think i'm a bandwagoner like but this is the team that i kind of have chosen to this is the team that my heart you know wants to cheer for so i know i was never really vocal about it being my team because I'm also not following it. So it's hard to talk shit when you're not following things. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I said this year, I'm going to follow it. I'm going to support Liverpool. It's going to be my squad. You know, that that league is looking really, really, you know, entertaining. And there's so much soccer or football going on that I was like, I'm going to just keep my eyes on this league and just focus on this league, mm-hmm. pick a team and monitor it and watch it. Lo and behold, we have a Liverpool supporter and a man United supporter. We're doing this podcast bi-weekly, by the way. So we're recording at random days at this point. <laughs> um, and here we are on a day where we play each other. In this moment. Spanked. Getting I, spanked. <laughs> it's not a good start for my morning. Not a good start. Yeah, so let's go back to that whole serene thing. All right, so. Right, yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling definitely serene. <laughs> Handing out ass whoopings this morning. My view is another Toronto condo building going up. That is beautiful. <laughs> Look at the crane on that thing. Love a good Ooh. crane. Love a good crane. Yeah, can't can't res- can't relate to the, the mountain views. Um, but overall, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not. I'm not feeling, I mean, I'm, I'm finding energy because we're whooping your ass right now, but like, yeah, of course you are. And the caffeine's kicking in. But when I started this morning, I woke up on a, on a back foot, very sluggish. I went to a party yesterday where they, you know, they had that table. That's just like the devil, the devil table where there's chips, there's like sour candies, <laughs> cookies, like donuts, like, and they're just like, Oh, I just brought a couple. Like, it's like someone went to someone raided seven 11 and just laid it on a table. <laughs> And I go there and I'm just obviously, you know, I'm not even trying to be like, I'm a healthy guy, but I just stay away from those things typically uh, in, in a productive week to just try to like, you know, plow through the work and stay mentally as mm-hmm. engaged as possible and physically and all those kind of things. But when you're doing that, you know, the back of your mind is always like, oh, I could use a cookie or what I have mm-hmm. a bad sweet tooth. Like it's like the one I can cut off a lot of things, a lot of things. 
sugar is like there's an actual itch in my body that like is pulls me in that direction. So I get to this table, I get to this party. I mean, um, the seven 11 party. And I'm like, I hold back for the first hour. I'm like, nah, I'm good. You know, I think I, I was like, do you have water? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Drink water. Then I look around first. My first Achilles heels is ginger ale that's sitting on the table. I'm like, you know what? I haven't had a ginger ale in a while. <laughs> let me crack this cracked it Ooh, brisk cold too just i was like oh my god take a couple of sips now the sugar is in me now the rest of the world is like and i'm now i'm at everything's mercy so i'm telling you guys i literally did not leave that table people came to me to have conversations at the table <laughs> i'm handing them candies like i'm it's, it's halloween all of a sudden i'm handing i'm handing out treats <laughs> i eat everything everything get home go to bed wake up and the left side of my brain is pounding like i've been in vegas at tiesto and like me and i hung out with tiesto all night like <laughs> head is pounding and i did all i had was like candy like you know what i mean like sugar but it just goes to show when you deprive your body of those kind of things then you indulge way too much um, mm -hmm. i know a lot of like I, a lot of people talk about like cheat days and like you know how counterproductive it can be like it, it's almost a way to get people in like hey do like have a great week and then have a day where you just cheat. Right. But it's so counterintuitive. Like, I think it's just really to get people in the door and just be like, Hey, there's a day coming for you that you can kind of push through, you know, like the same <clears throat> right. way the nine to fivers use uh, the weekend as a, right. all right, we have Friday coming, Saturday coming. It's the same thing with the cheat meal, but really the, 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 the backlash of the cheat meal or that indulgence is, and I'm not saying people don't enjoy life and whatever, go ahead. Um, but just for me, Every time I have an experience like this morning, it really sobers me up to the idea of like, what is actually going on here? Like mm -hmm. I've woke up clear skies, brain has been great for weeks on out. Like every time my eyes open up, I'm like, oh, great. Like it's either like, and I, and I discovered a neti pot. If you guys haven't discovered, if you guys haven't looked into oh, oh my sweet pot, bliss, if this isn't a story from an old man, I don't know what, do you know what a is. neti pot is. I went out and had, I had too many snacks last night. <laughs> and then I came home and I neti potted my nose. Do you know what a neti pot is? <laughs> of course I know what a neti pot Dude, is. Dude, why has no one told me about this neti pot? It is maybe this world's greatest creation. Greatest creation neti pot you can sponsor this podcast for free <laughs> you guys are doing great things thank you i am sleeping blissfully i have not guys i've been breathing out of one side of my face for like 10 years 10 years <laughs> like this side just doesn't work and lo and behold the answer was a neti pot mm -hmm. goddamn neti pot do you have the actual pot one where you like oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. Nice. The, blue, the blue one it comes with the solution warm up the water distilled water people don't use the tap and then you just shake it about and boom coming out mm -hmm. one side coming out the next side oh mm -hmm. man i've been sleeping beautifully up until last night um up, up, up until his like, snack fiesta <laughs> <laughs> up until last night where i went way too ham on those snacks um but the energy is coming in it's it's it's, it's you know we're we're alive and well breathing through both nostrils we feel good that is a beautiful feeling serene, serene. almost if you will <laughs> serene 
Do you do you have like conge- obviously this is for people who like have more like if you have nasal congestion, look into neti pots. Um, you know, if you're feeling like you're never getting a, as much oxygen as you could. Right. Um, or if you're a mouth breather, you wake up and your mouth is extremely dry, lips mm-hmm. are really chapped. It's a great telltale sign that you know you're not taking in oxygen through your nose, which means your mouth has to open, and that's how you're breathing throughout the night. Mm-hmm. Um, so look into a neti pot if you're struggling with you know breathing. Mm-hmm. I used to use the one, it was like a white or no, a clear bottle but it was a squeeze bottle. So I'd like black. Oh, I, I looked into that one. Well, it's horrible. It actually wasn't that bad. I actually enjoyed it. I started doing it. And like then a, it comes like out the other side. Routine. Yeah. So you forcefully put it through one side and it comes out the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Like, listen, clears it all up. Neti pots, this little, this like beautiful, calm stream of water going yeah, through, through one nose. And I can imagine it's beautiful. Actually, to be honest, I've never actually used the teapot one. I've only ever used the bottle one. Yeah. I feel I like, like the it. bottle, if like just shooting water into your brain, it's just like, I don't like things in my nose. <laughs> the neti pot was a big, like, I was like, am I going to be able to do this? But I was like, mm. you know, the cost benefit here looks like it could be pleasant. And it was. But definitely go the river flow route. Teapot, guys. The, the, the square bottle is very I can, aggressive. I can see it. I can see it in like two months. Next thing you know, there's like a our, our interlude music. And next thing you know, this sponsor, this podcast is sponsored by neti pot <laughs> and it's you i'm leaving this whole ad to you it's all you <laughs> oh yeah listen. they'd be like listen so we need you i'm like i don't don't worry about it i got it i got it yeah i got it don't give me a script best, best i got promotion it you've ever honestly thanks changed you. my life i got this story thank you yeah that's it this one this podcast is sponsored by neti pot thank you <laughs> back to the podcast <laughs> All right. So today, what we're talking about um, to take a, a hard left is uh, the idea of crossing the bridge into manhood, crossing the bridge into manhood. So what does this mean? So we've spoken about this before in the podcast. We've talked about the development of manhood, the development of our masculinity, and just the development of us as men in this world. What does that mean? And what does that look like? And we've shared some stories uh, of where we feel that started to happen. And one of our last episodes, both of us kind of talked about relinquishing the little boy that was once us and just kind of stepping into this role. But reflecting on that conversation, there was something that came from Amanda's guest episode. She said something along those lines of, at the end of the episode, she said, don't run into adulthood too early. Specifically, don't run into adulthood too early. And that got us thinking about, well, what about manhood? Is it the same as adulthood? are we also not supposed to run too early into manhood? And what does that mean? How does that reflect in our lives? <clears throat> so reflecting on that conversation, walking into today, uh, in your experience, is there a space that you felt like there was like a, a specific stepping into manhood too early moment? And we talked about that little boy getting rid of, was that that moment or was it a second moment. I know for me, I think I've had a few and I didn't really realize until you prompted this yesterday where I realized that I have had of a few prominent moments where I have crossed another bridge and crossed another bridge when I thought I had crossed the one bridge into the, the glory land. Like I had done it. I was there. We were good. And one thing that I recognize is that I think I thought that when I was 18, the legal age in my city was 18. So I said, okay, perfect. This is the bridge. Just turn this age, turn 18, and you've crossed the bridge into manhood. And 
I, I just presumed that until you know, two years ago when I realized that I actually didn't. It was just something that was an unspoken agreement, not an actual intentional bridge crossing. So uh, the question, I guess, comes back to you again is, what does crossing the bridge to manhood mean to you? And how, what comes up when we, when we talk about that? Yeah, I think uh, to answer the question a little bit more directly, I think to for me, crossing that bridge was when you stop paying attention to the things that give you joy and you start paying attention to the things that are responsibility driven. Mm. Um, things that are to get you to the next level, mm. uh, which, you know, it, 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 and it sounds like, you know, coming back to this conversation, one thing we do want to, sh I want to shed light on is the fact that I think, you know, taking on more responsibility in life is a good thing. You know, being responsible, taking on responsibilities, seeing the opportunities to help the people that you love most and all of those things and taking those opportunities are definitely a plus. There is just a little bit of a backlash of when you do that too quickly and you do that too aggressively and you do it for many years on end, you lose sight of the things that made you who you are in the first place. Um, like ginger ale. Huh? Like ginger ale. Like ginger ale. <laughs> <laughs> I think a good example of this too, and you see it in, um, in mothers, um, is when a mother who, like when a, when a woman has to become a mother too quickly, mm. and then their, their child grows up and they have to go back and remember like what they liked, like, mm -hmm. or, or, or who they were, you know, before <clears throat> this massive responsibility that they would just took on, you know, mm -hmm. and they get into this, they get into this lost place where they're like, I don't, I used to do this and I used to like this. And I, I think I used to do like, you know, I think men, we get into that space as well sometimes, but we do it without the responsibility of a child. We do it with the responsibility of like trying to become a man now. Right. And, I, and a career I think too, is a big play in our world is find the career and do the career, which leads to midlife crises really like midlife crisis is a great example too, of how we ran into adulthood too early. And now all of a sudden we're like, hold on a second. Like I really want to play. So then we buy these extravagant, like fun things like, um, uh, what are they? ATVs, like a motorbike or quads or a new truck or a brand new car. Like we buy all of these extravagant things. Cause these are the things that bring us joy, but we ran into adulthood so early that we didn't give ourselves an opportunity to just to keep running with those things. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's just, there we do so much in the world today of promoting you know helping a boy become a man and look at him become a man and look at like there's so much advertising and there's so much literature around like this idea of getting you to go so when you're a, a boy you just want to be a man right look at our facial features for example like another thing is that every boy wants to grow a full beard to be a man Right. Mm -hmm. But every man wants to shave their beard to be a boy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's this, this, this oxymoron of trying to rush into something. Um, and for some of us, it's almost like, it looks like the elephant in the room. It's almost like you need to be a man, you know, mm -hmm. and for those people I empathize with it's, you know, I understand that, you know, maybe your father wasn't in your life or maybe the responsibilities, the circumstances of your life are like, Hey, you need to be a man. Right. Mm -hmm. What this conversation I hope can do is for those people who are on that path, for those people who, you know, um, chose a path of responsibility and manhood at a young age. Is there an opportunity for you to remember what being a child was like, you know, mm -hmm. what being a kid was like, 
and, and going back and revisiting, you know, some of the things that you enjoyed that gave you joy, because really in that joy and in that playful, that playful personality is who your character actually lives in. Your character isn't responsibilities. Your character isn't provider. Your character isn't, you know, the things that you've been able to uh, manifest, right? Your character is caught up in the things you enjoy, the things that you love, your hobbies, what makes you a kid, what makes you light up inside. I've been blessed enough to have this sport basketball that, you know, every time I go revisit it, it automatically kicks in my child, my inner child immediately mm-hmm. because I did it so much as a child. So I just, every time I go in there, I don't even I have to almost remind myself, like you have to stretch buddy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is you're, 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 you're old now. Like you can't just come in here and, and, you know, have a Big Mac and go play 40 minutes like when I was a kid, but because I did it so much as a kid, it is a place where I know I can go to and find that inner child fast, like mm-hmm. really quickly. I know some people don't maybe have that, or if they do, they don't get to do that activity as often. How can we get that activity integrated into our lifestyles more frequently so that we can revisit who we were as a child, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and tap into that individual? Because I think that our real character is hidden in that but we suppress it with society uh, because we are seeking that responsibility so much, you know, Mm -hmm. get the girl, get the house, get the career. We live in that place for like 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Um, And then we lose complete sight of who we are as a person. And then we Mm -hmm. just live a very blah life when we, when we realize we've maybe have have attained those things, or we live a very sad life when we have devoted our whole life into obtaining those three things and we haven't done it yet. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you're if you've been enjoying your life in the pursuit of those things, then it then there's a little bit more pleasure in this mm-hmm. in this existence, right? Um, and a it, big part of it is over over identification with the roles that we play, right? Like over identifying with being a partner or a, a husband, over identifying with being a father, over identifying with being a uh, provider or what have you, whatever identity that we're, we're latching onto, we over identify with so much. And so what we're then doing uh, is hoping that the external circumstance will fill the gap, will fill the character so that way we don't necessarily have to. And it also ends up filling the man box character anyway, because it's somebody else's, it's somebody else's word. It's not ours or our truth. So that's why I think that the midlife crisis has come in and the, the big, big moments of like, I need to finally quit my career or I need to finally, you know, do this or do that. Like all those big moments are really like a, a return to someone that we lost once, or, which is the version of ourselves. They're all a return to something that uh, we, we crave so much and we, re- we want to be a part of so badly. Like how many men I speak to and they're like, oh, I used to play this sport and I miss it so much. I just don't play anymore. And it's same with like the basketball reference is what I'm working off of. And I do the same thing. I used to play soccer and I miss soccer so much because soccer was the instant uh, bridge into my, my boyhood, my, my younger version of me, the one that enjoyed playing and having fun. And the, the wild part about this running into manhood too early is it's as if the statement just says, it doesn't even need to say run into manhood too early. The statement can be fully replaced. I feel like by stop having fun, just stop having fun. Because adulthood and manhood and all these, these terms, they just don't seem like they come with a commitment to fun. They feel like they, they come with a commitment to serious and intense and stressed. That like It's a commitment to all of the things that we don't necessarily want to feel, but we're supposed to because it's a part of adulthood and manhood. 
which is so tough. It, it's so, so tough to get into that realm of running into no fun zone. And I did it many times. Uh, coming back to the story that I was sharing earlier about how many times I've done this journey uh, or how many times I feel like I've crossed a bridge. The first time I did it was super, super young. And it was, I thought a commitment to Noah, uh, to adulthood, but it was really just an adolescent manhood. Uh, this idea that I thought manhood looked like. Now I wasn't in an age range to take on a big career or to take on those big responsibilities. So then what I thought I could do to step into manhood early was to, okay, get serious. Like stop having fun early. Because once you stop having fun, then that must mean that you are on the journey because it didn't look fun. Adult, a manhood and adults, they don't look fun. No one makes mm -hmm. them look fun. So for me, it was like the stepping into, okay, stop having fun. That's the first step. And then, but you're still immature in many ways. There's still a lack of maturity in many ways. So that was my first bridge, I thought. And then I stepped into independence where I lived on my own. But even still in that point, I had responsibility. But a lot of the things that I was doing was still very adolescent of me, still very immature. But combining that with no fun, like there still wasn't an element of fun because I felt like fun equaled boy. Boy doesn't equal mature man. So don't be boy. Simple, simple equation. And then what that led me into was this intense stress almost all of the time throughout my almost all of my 20s. I'm going to turn 30 here in March. And all, almost all of my 20s, I lived in this, this state of, or the space of like, don't have too much fun. Because if you have too much fun, then you're back to your boyish ways. And if you're a boyish way, you're not a man way. And it's just this constant cycle of why can't I just allow myself to just have fun in these moments? And if I have too much fun, then oh, oh reel it in, catch that, catch that and reel it back in. Like you don't want to do that. And so I think that that's where I resonated with having this conversation is this this bridge crossing that we're, we keep trying to do, but like, do we ever actually do it? Like, are we ever actually crossing the bridge? The question that came up for me was, do we ever actually grow up? Or does it just feel like we do? Do we ever actually like grow? Do, has anyone actually grown in this world? You know, has anyone actually grown? All of our grandpas and, grand, and grandmas and stuff, what are they to us? They're the funnest people. All they want to do is have fun. They want to play. They want to go do all of these, these fun things. Uh, at least that was um, how I saw the, the grandparent life is they're just there to have fun. And, you know, here, go buy this candy at the store. Here's five bucks. Like they're all, they're here to have fun and embrace the kid in you. And you're like, wait a second. If you really think about that, you're like, well, they've realized that being a kid is great. They don't want to lose it either. And they're like in their eighties or nineties. Mm -hmm. So what is that saying to us in this mid-range, you know, 30, 40 year, 50 year old lifespan is maybe we're focusing on the wrong thing. Maybe the get serious vibe isn't the right vibe. You could still have responsibility, but why you gotta be so serious about it? Mm -hmm. And especially in the, I feel like the, the extra caveat with the, the men's space too, is like get serious while you're also already like suppressing a lot of emotions naturally right? Like it's like almost like a double-headed prong. It's like you ditch the child in you, you get serious. You're already holding on to a bunch of stuff. So it's, it doesn't really invite for a, um, a very open future, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you're serious, you're closed, 
you're, you're just on this mission to get validated from the things that adulthood has to offer, you know, which some of them are, you know, great financial freedom, you know, all those other things that we, we, we chase, but what we lose in the pursuit is who you are as a, as a person, you know, uh, and, and, and you wait for the accomplishment of that, that process. But what if, what if, you know, life gets cut short or what if in, in, in the pursuit you feel weak and, mm -hmm. and you don't have the strength to get through the pursuit, right? Like what gets you through the next day? You know, when you think about a vacation, what is a vacation? It's a bunch of work leading up to a escape to go have some fun to recharge, right? Like that's, that's ultimately what a vacation is, right? You pick, you take two weeks out of the, the calendar year, you've been, you've been going balls out, then you have these two weeks and you're meant to go do what you want as a recovery, as a recharge, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Now let's take that same, same exact example. And let's, 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 let's use a life. So now if you're being a man and you haven't visited your inner child, which is the vacation in this example ever for 20 years, you're just forever on this grind with no vacation in sight you don't visit that person. You don't visit the fun in your life. You don't visit. It's just all serious. Even the things that you do, that you do for fun is not necessarily like inner child fun. It's like signaling to adults that you're, you're doing well in life. Go out, go to the club, buy bottles, like, uh, like attract these other people. It looks fun on the surface. It looks like, yeah, you might be having fun, but is that the fun that your, your inner soul wants? Is that the fun that you actually like enjoy as an individual, mm -hmm. or is that the fun that's being portrayed out there as if when you're on this path, these are the things that you do for fun mm -hmm. to signal that you're doing well in the path, you're doing well in the game. Right. Right. A lot of us just, you know, how many times have you, uh, you know, if you're a man, really just think about it. how many times have you gone out and had one of those nights where you, in your mind, you're like, I wanted to have fun. You did all the things that, you know, you thought would be fun. You went to bed that night, woke up the next morning. You're like, that wasn't really that fun but my intention was to go out, have a good time. Like, like I wanted to have fun, but it really was just a big signaling fest, you know, mm -hmm. of like my process, my journey, I'm here. Uh, you know, I've, I've earned the right to afford X, X, Y, Z. Um, I tried to attract that person. See how external all of that sounds. Mm -hmm. That's what you're looking out for, right? Like that is where, when we say your inner child, your, you know, your inner, um, your inner boy, the things that you you truly that are close to your heart that make you excited, that get that that actually fuel your cup and fire up your cup. You got to identify what that is for yourself, not from an external source and not from you know society and not from you know the validation of others. And I think that because the the crossing of the bridge and to go back to what Amanda said is not running into adulthood too quickly. The real message there is if you do it too quickly, you won't remember what you enjoy because you wouldn't have never been it long enough to even enjoy anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if you skip the step too fast, you actually do go into adulthood without formulating any real like thoughts on like how you felt about your childhood, things that you enjoyed, mm -hmm. like because you just skipped that step completely. Right? right. So running into it, ultimately running into it, not only is it, a, it is now you're you know in the responsibility game and you're in that game. But even if you were to go visit the child, you don't have any you have no information to go off mm -hmm. of because you did it so quickly. Um, and I've been a victim of this. Like I've been, I've, I've told, you know, my friends and stuff like that, like a long time, like I've been in an adult's mind since I was like 18 years old, like 
for a long time. I've just, every, every thought that's come through my mind has been very adult driven, very responsible. Like, and it was the three years that I traveled where I had to like, let go of some of that. I was like, you're, 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 you're in Europe. Like you're traveling. Like there is no university degree for this. There is no, there is no responsibility here. The responsibility is to what is the best thing to do in this city? <laughs> like, what is the most fun thing you can do in this city? Like, that is my mission today to figure out is mm. how much fun can I have here? And you do it for a long enough period of time that you're just like looking for fun, looking for fun, looking for fun. I could remember just rewiring. I was even trying to organize the fun in an adult way. Like, we should do this and then we should do this. And then we should. And then till one person, you meet someone, they're like, yo, we're going here. And you're like, that wasn't part of the plan. And they're like, who cares? We're going this way let's go. And you're like, you're right. Who does care? Who made this plan anyways? Like, <laughs> like, why is it so structured? Like this is the plan was to go out and have a good time. I'm having a good time with these people. They want to go this way. Mm -hmm. I was planning on going that way, but I, I just did that based off a of Google search. I don't even know what's that way. Mm -hmm. Let's let, ride the vibe, ride the vibe, go that way and see what happens. And that experience kind of really showed me how adult thinking I was. I was almost too far in the deep end with the, you know, really just, not a child at all. Mm -hmm. um, and then you get back to life and you realize like, now I know I'm in a chapter of my life where I'm like, I am in that serious version of my life where I'm taking my life seriously. You know, like I'm taking my life serious in the sense of like, how does my head feel? How does my body feel? How, what is the foundation that I'm building on a day-to-day -day basis? But what I realized the craziest part about it all is when you do get really serious, you actually need more fun in your life because you're so serious, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, it's almost a counterintuitive thing. It's like, you're taking your life extremely seriously. So you need to inject way more fun into your life because it's, it's, you, you feel like you're so out of balance, you know, it's like, it's so easy to tell you like, Oh, I've been so serious. I'm so serious. I'm so serious. Um, and the responsibility, like I've had to like, you know, immature when you said that little bit about, um, I like adolescent. What did you, what did you say about being, you thought you were a man, but you weren't. Yeah. The, when I stepped into the initial role of thinking, okay, I'm going to be a man. It was a very like adolescent or immature version of it all. hundred percent. And I think a lot of us chill there, right. Where mm -hmm. it's like, we're half in half out with the commitment level of like being a man. Like mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're trying to outwardly facing show that you're a man, but like inside you're such a kid, like you're mm -hmm. such a kid. And in, in that capacity, it's like embrace being a kid you know? Right. And, and that's it right there, right? It's embracing when the kid, when the little boy in us is, is wanting to play and we feel it. Right. But sometimes we get a little confused at the feeling because we've stuffed away the little boy for so long that we forget what he feels like. We forget what that, what that looks like and, and can be shown like. And so we think that uh, we're now adult playing by going out. And like you said, doing the, the, the things that seem adult fun that are very generic and very common. And a lot of times, unfortunately, all that is, is, is a coping mechanism. Like a lot of them are just coping mechanisms. They're not actually fun. Um, they're just ways that we're coping with the stress and the structure of adult life, because we don't know where the little version or the younger version of ourselves is anymore. And so the, I think the thing that I'm pulling out of this conversation is that there are a lot of women out there that are saying, I want a grown man. Like I want a man who has his shit together. I want a man who um, has like the commitment and the discipline and the rah, rah, rah man stuff. And they don't want like an immature man, right? We know this, this is, this is obvious that women don't want immature men, one that don't have things going on in their life. And what we're not saying in this conversation is that 
uh, you should just give up responsibility or give up uh, the discipline or consistency or just stop doing the things that are important to all of us, not just as men, but to all of us, the consistency and the discipline and the structure and stuff. All of those are important. We crave structure, but we also crave lack of structure. We crave fun. And so what we're saying is in order to allow life to flow, at least this is, this is what I'm saying, if we're going to allow life to be way less stress-free, way more fulfilling, way more fun, it's recognizing the moments and the, the harmony of it all, right? Recognizing that like the work-life balance doesn't mean work, 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 take a week vacation and don't actually rest and, and connect to yourself and all that stuff. Um, it means work still, but finding ways to enjoy the day finding ways to enjoy the little moments or the connections, like pay attention to those rather than being so caught up in the future, being so caught up in what's next rather than what's now. And I think that's where the little boy really shows up. The inner child shows up is what's happening right now in this moment. If I can pay attention to this moment, then I can probably process it a little differently and allow something that's inside of me to enjoy it a little bit and to be a part of it. And even, you know, this, this podcast, for example, how often I walk into this space being like, okay, all right, masculinity. All right. I'm a man. Let's do this. I got this state in my serious man voice. Don't get too fun and too crazy. And this whole time I'm so focused on making sure that everyone perceives me as this man, right? This, this man guy, who's stepped fully into his manhood and he's responsible and he's smart and he's well-connected and emotionally available and all that stuff. And then at the same time, this whole process is actually about integrating the inner child in me, the young boy in me, allowing him to show up sometimes and enjoy the process. But I think we think enjoy the process means something so different. Really, it's, it's how do we feel in the inside? How does how does all of the pieces, all of the identities we've ever run with, all of the, the evolutions of self, how are we involving all of those people that we have once been? And are, or are we just shutting them out for this specific version of what everyone else thinks we should be or what everyone else sees as a man? Really, like what, what this, I think maybe this is saying is don't run into manhood is, is don't run into being somebody else too early run in, just stay as long as you can and who you think you are and who, who I think I am. I just had this conversation the other day with my partner and it was a deep, powerful conversation about how much we crave sameness. Like as long as I can be the same as those men, then that must mean that I will look the right way. I will be a good man. I will be seen as worthy and lovable and so on and so forth. As long as I'm doing it the same as everybody else. And if I don't do it the same as them, then that must mean that I'm less of a man because I'm less capable or on the visual side of things, like you see me and you see less of me. And so we're, it's it, what you said earlier, we're, we're looking at the out and never looking at the in. And so I come on this podcast and I'm thinking about what, what the out is seeing and towards the end, not what the end feels and how to express the end and not really care that much about what the out says. Because then is this my truth or is it a contorted version of my truth to appease you? And that's a big part of masculinity, right? Is, is it's a contorted version of us that fits into the, the masculinity box. It's that, yeah, it's that mask that we it's, all keep, we all keep making up, right? And we all keep putting keep down. Picking up. My friends, let's talk about mental health. 
and the sponsor of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Tether, a peer-enabled mental health and well-being platform for men. Tether helps men find meaning and purpose through community, accountability pods, and a 24-7 support network. Tether invites us all to be a part of changing the face of masculinity and letting every man know that struggling and vulnerability doesn't make you any less of a man. It simply makes you human. And for me, I've had a lot of personal experience with this app. I've used it many times. I've shared a lot of vulnerable moments. I've shared some strength moments, some exciting moments. The app is open for everyone to simply just share. And like it said in the introduction, a peer-enabled space where we're supporting each other without any pressure to fix, just simply to honor each other's journey. They also just added in a conscious content section where they're sharing podcasts they're sharing blog posts it is a really powerful space so we really want to implore you and encourage you to download it from the app and google store it is tether t-e-t-h-r available on both app stores join the community i promise you will not regret it What you speak to there is the, you know, the fear of that sameness that you're talking about. I think it's also riddled with fear, right? Mm-hmm. Finding your own identity, being being unique um, in in what you like and 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 how you express yourself is scary for people because it's mm-hmm. it's 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 an island where you have to kind of explore by yourself. You have to express by yourself. And so even in this podcast, when you come into this podcast, there's there might be like like there might be a little voice in the back of your head saying, "Sound like." Marcus Aubrey sound like Joe Rogan sound mm-hmm. like, you know, like things that you know that to be successful. Right. So when you come on to something like this, you're not so caught up in like, sound like yourself, be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cause there's this fear of like, well, they already like Joe Rogan. Like, you know, right. so if you sound like Joe Rogan, like maybe, maybe you have a chance, right. Where right. the craziest part is that, you know, the, the real art in life is the uniqueness, like you, mm-hmm. you know, being you is the is the is the, is the real um identity that you're that you're looking for and that you're trying to express and mm-hmm. you see it sometimes in people who have found their identity really early and you see the confidence that they exude mm-hmm. right because they're speaking with their own voice they're speaking with their own expression um and they're loved for it you know other people right. uh, you know gravitate to them and how many artists have come out in the last you know 10 years so a bunch of them sound the same and then they get put mm-hmm. into the same box. Right. And then mm-hmm. there's that one unique voice that comes out and you're like, she's awesome. He's oh, awesome. What's that? Whoa. Yeah. And that's just, that's taking the risk. That's, that's finding your uniqueness and expressing it, you know, and it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely challenging at times. And I think that, you know, for, for men that have kind of crossed this bridge too early, that uniqueness is riddled in your childhood. It's the boy in you that's the uniqueness, not the adult in you. The responsibility that you've been chasing is just the sames. That's the it's the sames. That's the sames. That's the sames part of you. Everyone is on that journey of more responsibility, financial freedom, find mm-hmm. this person, find that person. That's where that's the story for all men. So if you're on that journey and you're like, that's that's where you're expressing who you are out of, like, yeah, I do these things and I got this responsibility. Just know that you're not sounding very unique. That's a very mm-hmm. car- carbon copy. And here's a crazy thing. Like I talk to a lot of, I have a lot of female friends and I talk to them all the time. And they're, you know, they always tell me like, Anwar, it's a struggle out there. Like the, like, I feel like there's nothing going on sometimes up there with men. Like there's not a, they don't have like everything that they talk about is just so like, 
like it's just so surface like i can't get an inch below the ground like there's nothing there like it's just like they're not i'm looking for an emotional connection i'm looking for uh, and i think about those conversations i go because they're they're not busy figuring that out they're busy figuring out all the other things be mm-hmm. be muscular have the money like be desire like be the man mm-hmm. and show up Mm-hmm. And then just hopefully that works. Like, I don't, what about the character? When was that part of the equation? I thought it was just have the financial stability, be stable, be, be a man and show up. And what we realize is that like, they're like, okay, great. I'm happy that you have all those things. But like, who are you though? Like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you like? Like, what makes you laugh? Like how, like now that we know that that's like, cool, that's the resume to me that cool. We know that you can do the job that I'm looking for you to do, but now Mm -hmm. we got to work together. So like, are you Mm -hmm. funny? Or like, are you like, what, like what else, you know? And so I say, try to figure out that what else every single day as a guy, you know, Mm -hmm. we talked about it on the last episode of, you know, um, finding a way to love yourself to, instead of looking for, you know, love and other people and other things and, you know, constantly trying to be validated by somebody else to find that conditional love. If you start just loving yourself and showing up for yourself, then now you're getting love in your life. And then if you start like looking into the things that make you feel like a boy, make you look happy, look at this. Woo. Mm-hmm. Power flooring with love and fun. Mm-hmm. Add that with seriousness. And now you got, now you got a, now you got a recipe for success, mm-hmm. you know, but when you leave out the the love part of life and you leave out the fun part of life and you reserve it for the future, you're just setting yourself up for like a very, very suffering short-term, mm-hmm. very, very suffering short-term. And every time that carrot gets pushed further and further, right. And you, cause, cause if you're fun and your love and everything that you're going to express and all of the, the, the expression of, you know, who you are as a person is reserved for the future. Well, you're fighting two things. You're fighting father time one, which is a race that we don't even, there's nobody who knows. And two, that carrot can just keep moving and they do. It does keep moving. Your goals are never stagnant. They just keep moving, right? Mm-hmm. Making hundred K this year, well, inflation happens. So it's not the same as next year. Right. So it's not like you can get to a destination is everything is just good. You get there and it's like, boom, no, everything just keeps moving. The carrot keeps moving. The goals keep moving. You you hit a target. Your boss sets another one. You hit this. You know, it's just a never moving target. So this future that you're saving the fun for or you're saving the love for is an is a moving object. Mm -hmm. So you almost have to be like, okay, hold up. Let me find that now. Right. And do it together. Let me do it in like, and the craziest part is that when you, you know, meet a partner, if that's your goal of yours, or you meet somebody else or the job, you're going to be better in all those spaces. You're going to meet someone to be like, Hey, these are the hobbies that I like. This is what I enjoy doing on my own time. Mm -hmm. Oh, Hey, I actually love myself. I don't need the validation of like your love, but I I'm choosing to be here. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is you're showing up with so much more expression and less pressure to what this needs to be. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't need you to love me to feel loved. I loved myself. These are my hobbies, what I like to do. You see how like you're a lot more expressive in the way that who you are as a person. You're a lot more, you're, you're able to manifest and attract things a lot better when you're more fully expressed. And in my experience, um, and from what I just see out there, it's just, you know, the people that have um, a bit more expression seem to be able to get into more unique spaces and, 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 and a little bit more get to enjoy the fruits of, of life now sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, right. 
Yeah. And it, it really, it makes it less of a chase of like retirement and less of a chase of I'll be happy when I retire. And it's more of a chase of like happiness in the now, like what is happening in the now. And the, this conversation reminds me of a quote uh, by uh, Theodore Roosevelt. And he said, comparison is the thief of joy. And I know we've all heard of that, but how much of that quote do we actually take and allow to integrate and resonate into our day? Comparison is the thief of joy. How much of our life is spent in an inferior or a superior mindset? As especially as men, am I inferior to that man? Therefore I need to be better. Or am I superior to that man? And therefore he is less than. And then this, this rat race of good and bad in comparison to or comparison to what other people's character are versus ours. And it's this, this hidden rat race that we're all kind of living this hidden judgmental rat race of having too much fun must mean that I'm not capable or, you know, being a, a, a my boyish sense is uh, looked at as less than. And the problem is that it's a lot of times it actually is. And that in there and lies the problem, you know, uh, there's so many examples out there right now of, of raw emotion, for example, coming out of men, this boyish emotion, this, this inner, like feeling that just comes out and, and everyone's like, Whoa. And the most obvious one was when, uh, in the Olympics, one of the coaches had this like outburst of energy because his, uh, superstar on the ice or whatever won. And he just overloaded with emotion. He was shaking the gate and he was like freaking out. And, and, and everyone was like, wow, what an expression of toxic masculinity. And I sat in my seat like, is, that's the, the, there it is. The most obvious example of how men being raw and real, the world's not ready for. And, you know, what if I were to go on my deck right now and have an evoking of motion and I just feel like, you know, yelling to the wind, just having a good like outburst of just, ah, oh, just out to the wind. Would people see that as, wow, what it, like, what a healthy man, what like a, a mature man, or would they be like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you doing that? But that's my raw emotion. Wrestling. Men like to wrestle. We like to grapple. We like to move. That's why so many men's groups have literal wrestling matches and pushing matches not because it's toxic masculinity and we're fighting. It was always seen as toxic masculinity and fighting. It's because that's the play in us. If you watch a little boy, what is the little boy doing? He's probably causing havoc. He's wreaking havoc. He's, he's doing so many things that are like, not intentionally, but it's just what he feels he needs to do. Like he's, he's pushing that thing and he's kicking that thing and he's climbing on that thing. Like he just wants to go. He wants to do all these things. And how many of us men are willing to step into that? How many of, uh, of, even including myself, how many times am I willing to like, just go climb something? Like, what if I just went and climbed a tree? doesn't sound like fun, but is it not fun because I'm stepped into manna too early? Like, what are the things that, that we naturally feel like doing? There's this, this, this feeling evo evoked in us and we're just like, no, I'm going to suppress that. No, I'm going to suppress that. No, I'm going to suppress that. And then we get into this, this version of us as a man. And we're just, we're sitting here on the couch on our phone, not sure what to do with the time. So we cope and escape with our phone. We cope and escape with a movie or a show or whatever. And then the next day we wake up and we feel off and wrong for it all. And we're like, what is going on? How many years are we, do we do that? And then and the boy is, the boy is literally almost gone. 
we have no connection to this this boy anymore this this boyish this this perceivable adolescent version of ourselves to, to reel in my rant here the wild thing about it all is that in all of the the best men groups in all of the best men support groups and all of the coaching that i've seen in the men's space is all of it all of it not one space have i ever found that's is or sorry that does not include inner child work connecting to the little boy not one not one does not include that they all have it they all have a huge huge element of play every single one which tells you that every single man out there is struggling with that identity is struggling with that lack of connection to their play to their young version and they've stepped into or crossed the bridge into manhood and forgotten that person altogether and it's crazy to me it's crazy how much integration is happening out there that we're trying to do but all of us are struggling with and that's a consequence we just we stop enjoying life life doesn't seem enjoyable anymore life seems like a chore life's just a checklist mm -hmm. yeah it's uh I think this is a very interesting conversation because it's, you know, I know that you've been a very big advocate of, you know, visiting your childhood and, you know, thinking about your childhood. And um, I've even at times been, you know, a bit more resistant to that, you know, that literature and that, that work. Um, but it's crazy because yeah, I, it's when you go into those spaces and you start to, you know, think about the, the child in you, um, you do unpackage a little bit more of a, you start to see the first thing that I think that happened to me when I started looking at my childhood and trying to unpackage, you know, what did I used to like? What did I used to do? Um, you know, what, what were my interests? Like, where was my, what, what, did I, what did I navigate? And how did I go from A to B and all those kind of things is you just realize how, how serious you are, you know? Like that's the first, the real big telltale is like, just how, like, I would remember when I was a kid, just, you know, going, we would throw rocks at a stop sign for entertainment for hours. Like, mm -hmm. like it was just so not serious at all. And I'm not saying that like, you know, your life should be that, that loose if, if you want to go ahead. But it's just when you think about how little responsibility I had at one point, and then how serious it is now, I always just say, we talk about the pendulum all the time, right? It's like, at that point, when you know you're throwing rocks at stop signs and making up literally random games, you're just filling time with space, right? That's like one end of the pendulum. I'm probably never going to be back there ever again. Mm -hmm. We swing the pendulum all the way the other way around. You do nothing fun, like nothing. It's just everything is the the work, the work, the work. You even start to like you know in your mind start to perceive these things, uh, and I think maybe. I noticed this in my life. Like I started to think of like things like the gym as being fun. And I realized like, I don't actually enjoy being here. Like mm. this isn't actually fun. This is work. Like mm. this is, this is an assignment for my body. Do I enjoy the process? Do I enjoy the setting goals and ticking the boxes and the to-do list and it's leg day and it's this day and mm -hmm. oh, my knee works a little bit better. Do you enjoy that? Yes. And maybe some people that is fun to them, but because I know what fun feels like, I'm like, the gym is not fun. The gym mm -hmm. is work. Like basketball is fun. Like I lose sight of time. Like mm -hmm. things disappear. The world evaporates. I'm just in this like world of just 
such a such a blissful place you know mm -hmm. and i'm like oh okay cool so things that like basketball are fun to me okay cool what are other areas board games like you know what are other areas that i'm like okay cool this is fun to me i disappear i have a great time bowling love a massive like love bowling love all these the other random. i love sports that are not sports if that makes sense spike ball yeah, yeah. like cornhole like things with like hanging out with the boys where you're just in this like competitive state um and you're like kind of competing in these little games love doing those things mm -hmm. so it's like when you realize how serious your life is but then you ultimately realize that like life is really just about having fun and you mm -hmm. know and, and enjoying the moment it just it's it's it's, it's this counterproductive lifestyle right um, and so I just think that it could really help support, um, you know, men, uh, in, in, in their, in their hunt for their like identity, like finding who they are as a person. Um, because if you can find who you are as a person while in pursuit of the things that, you know, hope you hope will, you know, bring you will the goals, whatever goal you're setting out there, you know, whatever we're all, we are creatures of progression and growth. So as long as you're doing those things while also seeking out the fun in you while also seeking out the the things that give you joy you will have less of a internal dialogue that is not feeling self-worthy not feeling excited not feeling um inspired not feeling like you can connect to other people mm -hmm. it's very it makes sense to me when people say this person can't get beneath the surface when i talk to them because when you talk about your pursuit it's very surface level conversation it's not deep. Hey, what do you do? It's the classic going to a, a, a party. Hey, man, what mm -hmm. do you do for work? I do this. Oh, cool. Yeah. What do you, what are you, how's business? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it, it's, it's, yeah, we just flirt in. But if all of our life is caught up in these responsibilities, you never find the, the inner, the inner mm -hmm. thing. But when someone asks you a little bit more of like a, and here's, 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 a, here's a question for you. If someone came out to you at a party and they change it up and they go, Hey man, uh, my name is Anwar. You know, cool. Nice to meet you. What do you do for fun? Mm -hmm. Blanks, blankness. I can already, I can already see it. Someone, someone doing, someone doing that to me. And I would be like, oh, what do I do for fun? Like how long I would have to search for an answer. And if, if that's a great land, that's a great starting point. Sit with that question. Someone came up to you. It's the only thing they wanted to know was what do you do for fun? Mm-hmm. What do you do for fun? What do you, what do you fill your time with for fun? And listen to your answer. If your answer is, I go to the gym. I, um, you know, video games is actually the most interesting one mm. because I think video games are riddled with childhood mm -hmm. and it's very demonized. A hundred percent. Which I is the craziest thing to me. Completely agree. So the one thing that I know to be like a, 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 a man seeking his childhood is like video games. And how much literature can you find online of just like demonizing that? Like, as like, look at this man, all he does is play video games and level. And it's just like, but he did everything else though. He just has a couple hours that he wants to like visit his inner child. Like just be, enjoy this space of playing video games for like a quick, you know, while in the midst of being serious and all of those kind of things. But even when you seek out that playfulness, look at how it's demonized. Mm -hmm. Look at how it's demonized. And so you, you might be itching to play the video game, but be like, oh, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hear that I'm not a man because I play mm -hmm. video games. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, it's taken away so much time. Yeah, but how much time is social media taking away from you? Right. 
How much time is all the things that are distracting you in life taken away from you? I'd rather you play two hours of video games and mm-hmm. like fuel that, that child, fuel that fun, mm-hmm. get excited about life again, than scroll two hours of Instagram where you're just comparing yourself to somebody else. And it just makes you more serious, makes you more mm-hmm. cynical, makes you like, what are we valuing here? The fact that I'd get demonized for, if I did love video games for playing video games and like being like, Oh, he's, he, he's such a kid. He plays video games, but I, you're okay with me scrolling on Instagram for two hours. If you think about it, the video game actually serves me. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's who I am internally. It's the kid in me. Social media does nothing, literally nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something that's super fascinating that some people might have put up resistance to, but it's the resistance that I'm specifically speaking to is that a lot of the time uh, people fear joy. They fear too much joy because too much joy feels unsafe. So allowing, let's use the word allowing a partner like a man or something to go play video games instead of scroll for two hours, um, one steals joy and one creates joy. Right. So if you go and you play the video game and you're creating more joy, well, that means that you're happier and people don't want you necessarily to be happier. They want you to still stay even keel. They say they want you to be happier, but if you're happier, then you're almost like as a threat. And when you're happier, you mirror back to them, their own unhappiness. So in this process, this cycle of saying like, don't have too much fun. Don't be so joyous. Don't be so fulfilled. Um, we're, we're like the friend that uh, always tries to keep, hold you back. It's like, you say all these good things and they're like, ah, my life is, is the same. Like I'm still doing the same things. And I am not fully overly fulfilled or like, Oh, you remember that thing from like 12 years ago? Like they're reeling you back into the old school life to make sure you don't go too far ahead. So you don't leave them. And that's the same thing with joy is like, you can't be too happy. You can't get into this space too intensely. Um, but the video game thing, man, I resonate with deeply because I haven't played video games now in I would say probably two or three years, but I played it pretty avidly before that. And I have this, this craving, this, this, this push to start again, because I enjoyed it a lot. And then I stopped myself and I'm like, yeah, but like, what value is that creating for you? Like, how does that help your development? How are you growing as a man? Like all of this, this exhausting push that we live in as men to be better and to do better and to develop more and to make more and to, it's just, it doesn't end. And it stops us even in the thought process of like, I'd love to play this video game No, but people are probably going to judge me for playing it. So I'm not going to do that. It'll make me less of a man, less of, less of more of a boy. And I'm not allowed to be a boy. So let's not do that. It's so crazy to me. So crazy to me. But where a lot of it comes from, I know for sure, is that um, our childhood, we keep talking about that, right? We reflect on our childhood and, and when were the moments where like joy wasn't necessarily um, or our boyishness or funness or play was celebrated, right? Like it was always like, oh, don't, don't, oh, oh, fear that or fear that or don't do that or, you know, okay, you know, you've had five minutes at the park. That's all you get. Let's go. Like it's always being pulled away because the adults that were, in that, in our time at that time, we're also not having fun. They were also not enjoying the experience. So it's just this generational trauma of lack of fun, of lack of play that we're trying to erase. We're trying to eradicate, but it's, it's deeply rooted. It's very deeply rooted. So we're, we're not just fighting ourselves in the process. We're, we're fighting all of the voices at the same time that have told us once to stop having so much fun. 
one thing I really like about, um, or one thing I was reminded of, you know, when we were going down the rabbit hole of Instagram for a little while there, um, before the birth of TikTok, it was really getting serious. Like social media was looking just very, very showy, very, very serious. And then we got this birth of TikTok, which was just like an injection of a bunch of people having fun. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a solid reminder of like, whoa, there's so much fun on this platform. Like, look at the expression of dancing. Everyone's being a goofball. Like, it was just amazing. Like, I was like, this is great. This is awesome. Like, this is what the world needed is just, you know, and I go that platform to me really, really strikes a chord of, you know, fun. Like mm-hmm. it is the definition of fun, you know, hobbies and people expressing like there's someone on there who like their favorite thing to do is wrap presents and they just wrap presents and show you how to wrap all kinds of stuff and and cooking and dancing and all ages doing crazy things. And this is my little craft and this is my little art and everyone kind of bring in that little joy and that little fun that they have uh, passion for colognes. Like I'm going to go through all these colognes with you and t- it's, it's all these little things that, you know, you would have hid now they're in the front. Like I'm showing mm-hmm. you all these things that I do for fun. And I think that, that platform is a really good pivot of like how life was and how life should be. You know, life was very serious on Instagram. It was very mm-hmm. like, it was, it was starting to be like, what have you accomplished? Like it was very much the responsibility. What, are, where is your journey taking you? Show me mm-hmm. cool. How many, what are the steps to getting there? Awesome. You know, mm-hmm. and then you realize that like, TikTok is the whole other back office of what's actually going on on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, this playful, joyful, um, authentic, authentic, real, unique. Um, and I think now obviously TikTok is getting to a place where, you know, I think it's still really, really, really fun, but there's still a lot of, you know, there's, it's getting more businessy, um, mm-hmm. you know, as it, mm-hmm. as, as everything typically does is how can we monetize this space, you of know, course, or make it, always. and make it a place of capitalism, um, capitalism. but it's a great, app to show like how much tiktok do you have in your life like how much like how much playfulness do you have in your life like how much of your life is just that tiktoky like very like fun Mm free-flowing and how much of your life is you know a very very stiff instagram you know like and to add to that the 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 hilarity of it all is i was just reflecting i was like oh interesting this we're talking about a social media platform right and we don't want to necessarily promote the consistent scrolling of something that is just you know technically uh, a lot of times mind numbing and, and escapism but escapism is important but the hilarity of it all is there's probably a lot of men listening and i know that there is that are like man i will never download that app i will never download tiktok tiktok is for children and it's that it's that resistance right there how how wild is that is that uh, uh, there are so many people out there that are resistant to this app but are there resistance that it's to another app or that the the app is expressive in an authentic real and fun way like what's the real resistance there and i i believe that it's probably the second one now that i'm having this conversation with you is that a lot of people are resistant to tiktok because tiktok evokes some level of authenticity it is almost asking of you to just be authentic and I remember having the same resistance before I downloaded it. And I was just like, ah, there's a bunch of like 16 year olds on there. Like it's a 16 year old app. So for the high schoolers, like I'm not going to download this thing. So I didn't for so long. And then next thing you know, I'm on the app and I'm like, 
ha ha ha. And like, I'm, I'm laughing and I'm like, whoa, look at all these cool things I'm learning. Cause people are just sharing their authentic truth of, of the tips and tricks in their kitchen and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is crazy. This is absolutely wild. And now uh, I ended up having fun on the app and just me doing what I do. I was just, I don't know, just having fun in the moment um, blew up because people were like, oh, look at his authentic side. Look at his truth. And I was like, wow, that does that speaks volume to the app. So whenever I hear another man be like, no way, no, don't know that app. It's all for the dances and the girls and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah. And I think that for me sounds a little bit like an excuse to not step into the authentic version of yourself, to not open yourself up to the authentic version of other people, because everything we do is curated. Everything I do is curated. What happens if I stop curating and just let it flow? What happens? It's like, oh, well, I'll be out of control. Yeah. And that's the point. You don't need to always be in control. When we play sports, how much of sports is out of control? We're waiting, we're reacting, we're responding. We're like, we're on the fly. We're, we're pass that ball there and pass that ball, you know, and, oh, we're going to run there. Like all of it's out of control. It's the same thing. And so why just, just allowing ourselves to inject more time into that space and just like, I would challenge, honestly, I would challenge a lot of men to, to go download TikTok if you don't already have it. And then I would challenge you to find a video that looks ridiculous to you, that you watch and you're like, what are they doing? What a stupid dance. And then I want you to copy the dance. I invite you to try to challenge yourself to do that dance, record yourself, do the dance, and then tell me how you feel after. You'll probably put up resistance and be like, this is so stupid. But I guarantee you somewhere in there, you're like, you're smiling and you're laughing because you're like, this is hard. And this is a bit of a challenge now. So I kind of want to try and how ridiculous you look and how like, you know, getting all the movements and stuff, like how they feel, your body is going to be like, oh, sweet mother of bliss. Yes, finally, we're moving, we're having fun and it doesn't matter. That would, that, that would be my challenge. That would be my challenge. That's the self-challenge too. I don't do the dances either, to be honest, but I know you do. I've seen you do them. And I know, yeah, you tried a couple, Well, you like to dance, but when you've done them, how does it feel? Does it feel like fun? Oh, just, just dancing in general is fun. Like forget about being on TikTok, just put on music and just move your damn body. Like it's Mm -hmm. just, just feel something, you know, like I think dancing is one of those things where it allows you to feel like it allows you to feel, Mm -hmm. you can feel dancing, you know, like you just, and it's, it's the, it's the, the losing of control and dancing that I have always resonated with is just like, you feel something and then Mm -hmm. like you want to, you want to throw your arm in that direction, but you don't know what that looks like. Like, you're like, what, how did that look? Like my body just felt like I wanted to do like a little wave and this is my mind how my mind perceives the way but like how did that come across like you know um and there's being a goofball about it you know just being fun i've always loved kind of dancing for that expression of just you know it's very free but you know losing control and losing control to you know your childhood and you know losing control to the boyishness in you and and your childhood i think you know in, in, in real in real conclusion of this conversation, I think that it's so easy for us to spend a lot of time talking about, I, we could easily come on here and be like, all right, let's talk about men's responsibilities. How boring and dry of a conversation would that be? All day, Her, every day, we could do it. Oh, easy. Oh my God, career, that, that, blah, 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 blah. We don't talk about <laughs> like, what are, what are we doing to have a good time? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's not trying to impress somebody. Like, what are we doing to have a good time to just have a good time? Mm-hmm. You know, like, 
just 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 laugh and and enjoy yourself and be 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 young and be you know in my mind sometimes I think about like I think about the family right like you think about like a like I'm picturing like a family at like you know a family function and like the kids are running around having a good time you know the aunts and the moms are like all like are like talking and like you know playing with the kids and everyone's having a good time you look over you peer a quick little visual of the men and it's just these serious dudes sitting there arms crossed like just thinking about the next day like about careers careers just like politics how's business doing for you <laughs> like just stiff as a board how much money do you make bro we're not life is so like what well, one thing that social media has shown us is how many things you can do in this world in this life how many ways to express yourselves and get out of that comfort zone and get off the hamster wheel go enjoy some of it go do some, go try something that is different. That is like something that you've always wanted to try. The accessibility is so easy. It's like, you could probably get it on your phone. You could probably like do take that course online. You could, there's so many things that you can do that don't have this, this seriousness, this pressure of it being like, you know, and that you could use as a way to lighten up that serious conversation that you've been having, you know, Hey, I just picked up this new hobby. It's cool. Like I tried this new thing and I'm doing this and it's fun. Like I enjoy it. And you know, it, it takes me away from the work for a little bit and hit, hit, nudge, nudge makes you better at your work. And you know what I mean? It's this, this, this expression that, you know, ultimately when you start to like get away from the things that your, your pursuit will get you, mm-hmm. you realize that you're ultimately just going to crave more of those things. If you had all the money or you had whatever, it's like, what would you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you do? If you can't think of three things that you would do, then you don't, you don't have hobbies in your life right now. Because mm-hmm. if the game of both, if the responsibilities of life were to shut down today, what would you do with the time? Mm-hmm. Right. Which so it's like, is what COVID really taught us is what are you going to do with your time? Figure it out. It's a whole different ballgame. Whole, whole different, different ballgame. Ball yeah, absolutely. And to, to give light to it, I think that an example of mine uh, or like a share of, of mine, that's something that I enjoy doing, but I, I feel resistance to doing sometimes because it's like, wait, what is this doing? Like, why is this, this is not adding value to my life? Because it never feels instantaneous is um, I will, I enjoy playing chess now. COVID, COVID created chess in my life. Uh, and now on my phone, like I'll pull up my phone and I'll go to the, the app, the chess app, and I'll sit and I'll play a game of chess. Really simple. And I enjoy it. I enjoy playing chess, but I feel the resistance. Every time I open that app, I'm like, what a waste of time. What am I doing? I could be learning something right now. I could be, you know, working harder, or I could be at the gym pumping weight. Like I could be doing all these things. And it's that resistance that I'm learning to move through every day and recognizing that what I'm doing there in playing something as simple as chess on my phone is I'm putting self first. I'm, I'm finally putting self first. And I, I reframed it the other day is, is instead of saying selfish, just say self first rolls off the tongue, just the same. And it means the same, but just, it just sounds less demonizing. Selfish sounds demonizing. Self first doesn't sound so demonizing. And that's really what is at the end of the day of this conversation is about is, is stop serving the world so much and just start serving yourself. 
start serving self. We're going to probably repeat this for the next years and years and years. Well, we won't stop saying it for the entirety of this, of this podcast that we've created is the self first idea needs to be more prevalent. It needs to be higher. It needs to be more of a focus because we're just giving ourselves away. We're self-sacrificing so much. And it's like, what if you just stopped and played chess for 15 minutes? Like you said, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. That's going to impact your day pretty big. It's going to impact your mood check pretty big. And one thing I, you know, I am going to give a big warning to is don't, don't, don't judge yourself too much. If you're like, I don't know what I like. Mm. Cause it's 100%. very easy to hear that. We're saying like, Hey man, stop the work and just go find something you like to do for fun. Some of you are going to come to the conclusion that you don't even know what you like to do for fun. Mm-hmm. And that is like the opening of go try something, you know, something mm-hmm. that I've done, you know, if you know, you are one of those people who's like, how do I incorporate this into my life? Saturdays are for me to have fun mm. and to find out what I like to do. Right now, it happens to be I play basketball from 530 to 730 and it's filling up my cup all the way. Mm. Right. But next week I might take off because, you know, my calf isn't feeling well. The day is still open to me going to find something to do that I like for fun. Mm-hmm. Look up things go search something one thing i'm looking at doing into is going into i want to like join an improv drama class like i want oh, to drama class and just like you know go explore that inner child of me that loved drama and acting and like that. all of those things so it's like when do i slide that in oh this place that i've opened up as saturday right. i don't do things that are work related service related i do things for me so mm-hmm. on Saturday, when I wake up, it's from the morning I wake up, I have a meeting with you typically on the podcast. Typically after that, it's like, I'm going to seek out. And sometimes that means going out with that social friend. Like sometimes that means like, Hey, I need to reconnect with my social mm-hmm. life. Sometimes it's like, but I know that Saturday is a day that exists on my calendar to just find out who I am. Mm-hmm. If I compound Saturday, five years, three years, six years. I'm going to know a shit ton about myself, mm-hmm. a lot about myself, because I am forcefully injecting me to have to think about what are you doing this Saturday coming up? Mm-hmm. What's going to feel like, and it's, it, yeah, basketball, I know is a, is a, is a ticket. Like that's like going to your favorite restaurant, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. It's like whatever, but it's like, you're eating the same thing over and over again. Right. Sometimes it's great. It's great. I can eat pasta all day. I'm not saying, you know, basketball is pasta to me. I can eat it all day. But there's going to be times where you're like, can I do something new? You know, I reached out to my one acting friend. I was like, hey, listen, I'm looking into doing, you know, like improv. Like, would you do it with me? I'm killing two birds, one stone. I'm building a relationship with her, going to continue that. And I'm going to go do this thing that's going to make me feel extremely awkward and uncomfortable. But I'm going to get to, you know, I've always thought, like, could I do stand up? Oh, like, could I do stand up? Maybe. We'll see. What what are the stepping stones into entertaining that thought process? Love photography. Could I buy a camera, start taking pictures? Right. Love editing. Like there's like, there's, there's so many, but we're just like, we don't allow ourselves to even let that seed go. And we're waiting for other people and these people that you're waiting for to water. We don't, as you know, sometimes as men, we don't have people in our life that are trying to push us into trying something new as much as like trying to make sure that we meet the deadline of what we already signed Mm -hmm. up for. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't have, we don't have people who water our seeds anymore. It doesn't exist. It's not a, because when you, when you choose the life of responsibility, typically my phone rings for people who need me, not for mm-hmm. people who are trying to water a seed of mine. Like, Hey man, I heard you were talking about photography. 
what we do for kids, right? You, you hear your kid talk about something, you go, hey, you really like that? Should, you want to join a soccer team? Do you like soccer? No one's doing that for us anymore, right? So you got to do that for yourself. Yep. You got to be like, hey, Anwar, do you like photography? Google some stuff. Like, mm-hmm. could you buy a camera? What would be the cheapest camera for you to get started? What's the entry level of this? Mm-hmm. Hey, go out and take a couple of pictures. Go out and talk to that person about that thing, right? It's like, it starts to just kind of like separating a little bit of space though in your calendar, right? And being forceful about it, being aggressive mm-hmm. about it. And, and it's going to feel uncomfortable to do so because it, like it, Saturdays for you were still work days before you made this decision to change that up. And I can imagine the first few days were really tough. And like, what am I even going to do with myself? Like, I guess I just better try to fill the time. And, and it it was a process of moving through that resistance and recognizing it being there and being like, and that's okay. I'll move through you. And that's okay. I'll move through you. Exactly. And so that's kind of how I navigate through, through this space. And, you know, when I, when I first started, there was, it was blanks. Like I was like, I'll, you know, I went to the default setting. I knew basketball was something mm-hmm. that brought me joy. So, but the pandemic, there was no place to play basketball. Like mm. this gym that I've been going to this run the last three weeks. What have I been doing for the last two and a half years? You know what I mean? So it's just like, mm-hmm. when it's not there, what are these other things that you do? What are these other things that you enjoy? Um, and so, and I've been enjoying the discovery of it. The discovery has been awesome. It's been really cool. There's so many cool things out there. Um, I've enjoyed cooking at a different level, like not aggressive cooking, but like finesse cooking. Like I'm going to go out and buy these ingredients to make this mm. soup, you know, versus like, I'm going to just like put the heat on high and blast this chicken breast and then hammer it <laughs> down my throat. But, you know, like actually cooking, the art of cooking, like learning, right. like, you know, what are, what are the things like, how long do things need to sit and being like, okay, cool. This Saturday, I'm going to learn how to make this dish. I'm going to go out and get those ingredients. I'm going to come back home. I'm going to just like focus my energy on this specific dish. I'm going to make it. I'm going to do it. And then you, you show up. And on Sunday, when I'm like, I want to bang out a couple hours of work, I'm like, oh, I feel like I've taken a rest from this. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I haven't done this for a whole 24 hours. Like, you know, and you, there, you there's more joy that shows up. And the accomplishment of doing something different, something that was not lifting a weight or putting it down or emailing, uh, you know, so yeah, I, I implore you to just be a little bit more aware of the fact that, you know, some of us have due to life circumstances have taken on responsibility in an aggressive way. The world rewards us for those responsibilities. No one in the history of manhood has ever been like, look at this guy taking on responsibility. It's always, it's always, yes, you've become a man, take on more responsibility. So you need to be the only, like the only you can control the narrative of getting away from that and finding authenticity and finding your uniqueness. And a lot of that is actually hidden in like what your inner child wants to do. Things that are not, doesn't serve the 10 year vision, doesn't serve the five year vision. Things that serve like a very self first today (laughs) vision. In this moment, yeah. Right now. Um, and we don't want to live there often. We don't want to spend time there. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's cooler when you, um, can forcefully schedule that time in your life and start to discover, you know, hobbies and other things that you like, you get to meet Mm -hmm. people based on those hobbies. And, um, I think it's a really cool space to be able to live, um, when you're living in the now while planning for the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Such a great way to wrap it up. And, and just to reiterate some of the questions that we asked in the middle of it all is, you know, when was the last time you had fun? What are you actively doing to find fun in your life? And I think a question that I'll add is, um, 
if, if no one was watching, what would you do? Like if no one was paying attention to you, if you weren't so worried about what everyone would think about you, like, what would you do in this moment? And, I, and one of the things I recognized the other day as I was walking through the store and I saw a puzzle and I was like, oh, that'd be cool. And then I just moved on. I didn't get it, but it was that, oh, that's cool. That was the stepping stone into, well, go do that. Cause that's probably going to be fun and outside of the realm. And it's something new and exciting, but I said no to it. It's like, no, no, I don't have time for that. And it's not, it's that's, that's in there right there is the struggle that I personally go through. And this whole conversation, you know, I've talked a lot about the how, the how to's and the facts and the wisdom and the knowledge, but I really struggle with this one. I really struggle with having fun and allowing myself to have fun. And so I'm with all of you that are listening. Uh, I'm with all of you that are hearing this conversation is that I just don't know what I'm doing and, and the resistance is too much. And the discomfort is just, is it always pushes me away. And I'm like, I hear you. And the last thing that I'll say is just listen, not, not to me or not to Anwar, to yourself. When you have that moment that you see that thing and you're like, that would be cool, go and do that. Listen, I know you hear it. It's still trying to come through. It's still trying to speak, speak. And we're basically just saying no to it so often. And so um, if you see a puzzle or you see a game or you see something that someone is doing and you're like, oh, that's so cool, go and do it. Because that's the inner child in you saying, let's go have some fun. Let's enjoy our life. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember, the K, it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week.